Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Inside. It ain't the left side. Good afternoon, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fence Side with Kat and Paul. Also joined here today by uh, Kevin Hickey from the Colts Wire USA Today. Be sure to join him and follow him, Kevin Hickey 11 on Twitter. I'm Brian Cat NFL, Paul's Fanatic underscore pick. Be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, the FinFanatic.com website, as well as the Fan Sided Network. The Dolphins do play the Indianapolis Colts this weekend in Miami. Dolphins are one and two. Colts are 0 and three. Really early in the season. Kind of looks like a must win game for both teams here, Kevin. And, you know, I can say this and, and not be called a homer. The Colts have had three pretty tough games to start the year. They lost uh, 28 to 16 to Seattle, they lost by three points to the Rams. And they lost by nine points last week at Tennessee. So they've got Baltimore next week, too, on Monday Night Football. So kind of a big game here in week four against the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, you kind of look at every game in the NFL as a must win, right? Like the season's only 17 games, but 18 games now or 17. I don't know. 18 weeks, 17 games. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, every game's a must win. But I mean, going 0-4, your season's shot. So, you know, they, they've had some tough competition, but we also thought that this team was going to be able to, you know, at least compete with these teams. You know, maybe the Seahawks might be a little better than the Colts were expecting, but, you know, the Rams, I think, are one of the best teams in the NFC. They probably, you know, coming into the season, we would have expected the Titans being a closer matchup, but the season's kind of just spiraled, you know, from injuries, from poor play from the offensive line. Carson Wentz, you know, dealing with two ankle sprains, so... It's been a rough start. Um, they haven't been 0-3 since 2011. Uh, Colts fans will love the name that was at quarterback then, which was Curtis Painter. So, you know, it's been it's been rough. It hasn't been great. Um, they yeah. played some good teams, but it's just, you know, it hasn't been the start that we were all expecting. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with their Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Ready for an out-of-this-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off not only in the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. 
That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Yeah, and injuries, like you said, play a big part of that. And heading into this weekend against the Dolphins, you know, we're recording this on, on Thursday afternoon. So this, this is subject to change. But it's looking like Quentin Nelson, the Pro Bowl guard, arguably the best at his position. In fact, I don't even think arguably the best at his position in the NFL isn't expected to play. And it sounds like Braden Smith isn't going to make it either, because like we were talking about before the show, you pointed out um, he has a practice in three weeks here. Um, right. What's you know, they saw some of the Colts saw some of that last week uh, in the loss to the Titans. What, what kind of impact did that have on the offense? It's massive. I mean, it's huge. Uh, I mean, losing an all-pro like Quentin Nelson, obviously, that's never a great thing. Um, they have a good backup. Chris Reed is a veteran. Um, he's a solid backup, solid replacement. But losing Nelson, I mean, he's kind of the heart of your offensive line. You know, he he's really the one that sets the tone every week. So, you know, it's unlikely he's going to play. I'd, I'd be very surprised if he even logged a practice at all. Uh, they haven't had Braden Smith uh, since, I think, his... Uh, suffered a foot strain um, or sprain um, during the week one opener against the Seahawks. So he hasn't practiced since then. Uh, that's, that's big too, because, you know, then you got a guy like Julian Davenport coming in and being the right tackle. And he just hasn't been very good, which is, you know, it's hard to find solid backup tackles in the league. So every team's going through that. But when you got to replace an all pro guard and one of the best, you know, up and coming right tackles in the league. It's just, it's never good for your offense. Yeah. And we're familiar with Chris Reed and Julian Davenport. Uh, Chris Reed was here for a cup of coffee here a couple of years ago. And, you know, he looked like he was a decent player. And for some mm-hmm. reason, he just never got on the field. He was always in a backup role and then was eventually released a few games into the season. And Julian Davenport, who my understanding is will start at right tackle with Eric Fisher at left tackle mm-hmm. was part of the Laramie Tunzel trade. And we yep. saw him firsthand. I I'd argue that he was as good as Austin Jackson, but um, yeah, I mean, so it looks like it's going to be at the tackle spots, Fisher and Davenport yep. and then Reed Kelly and Mark Lewinsky on the inside. Yeah, that's exactly how it'll be. They'll probably uh, they've done this for the past two weeks at right tackle. The Julian Davenport will start, He'll play the majority of snaps there, and then they'll uh, rotate in Matt Pryor, who they traded for uh, right around roster cuts. Uh, They traded like a seventh-round pick for him uh, from the Eagles. So he's not much better. He's probably a little better run blocker, um, which is probably something the Colts need to emphasize a little more going forward. But, yeah, you'll see mostly Devonport for about 70 75% of the snaps, and then they'll rotate in Matt Pryor. But the rest of the offensive line, you got Fisher at left tackle, and then, uh, like you said, Reed, Kelly, and, and Glowinski. And Eric Fisher will be going up against what should be Jalen Phillips. And then at right tackle, whether it's Pryor, whether it's Davenport, should be going up <laughs> against Emmanuel Ogba, who's yeah. look, looked really good here, especially in the pressure, you know, as far as pressures are concerned right. here in the first few weeks. Um, but let's go back uh, to the, the quarterback spot here. Uh, Carson Wentz, the Colts trade a second rounder and then a conditional first rounder. If he plays 75% of his snaps this year with the Colts on the year 64 for one Oh six. So a little over 60% completion rate, 692 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. What was your reaction this past off season when Carson Wentz was acquired and what has been the impression of him so far? 
Uh, my initial reaction was, you know, I don't think really anybody was all that surprised. Um, Philip Rivers retired. We kind of knew the Colts were going to be looking for. I mean, a lot of us were hoping that they were going to try to trade up in the draft, but trading up from 21 is never easy. And you knew you had to get into the you know top five just to get a decent uh, chance. We, you know, I don't think anybody saw Justin Fields falling that far um, to 11, but uh, or whatever it was, but. You know, I wasn't really all that surprised. Uh, we knew he had the relationship with Frank Reich. We knew that Frank Reich is a big supporter of Carson Wentz. And, you know, when Reich was there in Philly during their two years, Wentz was pretty good. So, you know, the last couple of years haven't been all that kind to Wentz. But you know, the Colts did the deal anyway. Um, and, you know, he's been he's been fine. He's been fine to start the season. Um, maybe Maybe even a little boring, which is a little bit surprising. Uh, we kind of expected this guy to come in and be a gunslinger and, you know, really move the ball downfield. But, you know, he's been pretty conservative. And part of that is the offensive line. Part of that is, you know, he's literally he's under constant pressure all the time. And that's something we really didn't expect to see from the Colts just because, you know, the reputation is kind of this mauling offensive line who pass protects really well. So, yeah, you know, and, and, yeah. And, and on Wentz too, there, I mean, every quarterback benefits from good offensive lines, right. but I think, Wentz is a lot more he needs it a lot more than other quarterbacks he doesn't yeah. quite have the escapability and his his numbers if you look at least uh, you look at PFF's numbers over the last few years have really dropped off when he's under pressure compared to when he throws from the yeah. pocket uh, yeah and I mean that's like you said it's pretty typical for you know most quarterbacks when they're under pressure their numbers drop but um, I'd actually argue that escapability is you know that's part it's a huge part of his game whether it's you know, working towards a detriment or not, um, you know, he's always looking to extend the play. And that's kind of what got him in a little bit of trouble in Philly is he's always trying to play hero ball. So I think with the Colts, they were trying to, you know, hey, let's not maybe evade the pocket when we don't have to. Let's go to our first read, see what we have, and then, you know, methodically move the offense. So he's been fine dealing with the injuries. It's tough. I mean, this last week against Tennessee, it's it's just so clear that he's not a pocket passer, right? Like he's just not comfortable being the Philip Rivers taking the check down when he needs to and really, really, you know, hanging out in the pocket. He really, once he senses pressure, he's out. So, speaking of checkdowns, uh, Jacoby Brissett is starting this week <laughs> for the Dolphins. Uh, and I, I see some similarities between him and Wentz. Not, I mean, Brissett was never competing for a Super Bowl ever, but he did spend several years with the Colts. He was mm-hmm. the guy taking over uh, once Andrew Luck unexpectedly retired. And so how do you compare Jacoby Brissett to Carson Wentz? There are some similarities, but also some, some kind of differences too. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's an interesting comparison. They're both, I think the biggest similarity between both of them is they're both big guys, right? They're hard to bring down. They're going to try to extend plays. Um, Brissett's not the fleetest of foot. I think every Colts fan will show you that, tell you that. Um, but, you know, they're big guys. They're going to want to try to extend plays. But like you kind of alluded to, Brissett's not really the guy to, to look downfield, right? Like he's he's very conservative as a, as a passer. He's not really going to be looking to air it out downfield. Wentz, I think, differs from that in that in the past we've seen that. We just haven't seen that a whole lot this year. So it'll be interesting. Um, you know, this is I think it's a little bit of an advantage for the Colts just because they they know Jacoby Brissett more than anybody. So, you know, they've game planned for him. They've game planned around him, sometimes in spite of him. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a little bit of an advantage for them. 
Um, and it's interesting because Jacoby Brissett has a good arm. I mean, the dude's got an absolute cannon. So it, it's sometimes it's a little perplexing that he won't try to take that big shot downfield. Absolutely. So you, you, you hit the nail that, on the head there. there. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head there because last week, I'm not sure how much of the Dolphins Raiders game you caught there, but I mean, it, basically when the Dolphins got down 11, they, they started opening up, airing it out and it looked pretty good. They were moving the ball. There were, you know, two, two deep passes that frankly should have been pass interference. It was pretty bang, bang, but, and that opened up the rest of the field and you're going to see some really frustrated Dolphins fans this week if they don't go back to the thing that worked last yeah. game. But then again, Jacoby Brissett's been in the league for a while yep. and he's always been like this. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't have a lot of hope that they're going to come out slinging it again against the Colts. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, that was kind of the frustrating part because he was a, I mean, he was a starter in 2017 when Luck, um, when Andrew Luck was trying to come back from shoulder sh- shoulder surgery, um, then had that setback. So Brissett wound up being the starter for the whole year. That's a hard season to really evaluate him just because the team was so bad. Like the every piece around him was brutal except for T.Y. Hilton. Um, but then in 2019, you know, they're coming off that playoff loss against the Chiefs. They're looking pretty good. The foundation of the roster's good. And then, you know, Brissett winds up having to be the starter because Luck retires. And now we're kind of like, okay, you know, maybe this is the season he – he really starts to air it out, really starts to use his arm, but he just, he loves checking the ball down. He doesn't like to take a lot of shots. So I, I agree. You, you might be a little frustrated with how many open receivers you have downfield and he just won't take, he won't pull the trigger. Yeah. That's what we're seeing so far. Hopefully um, somebody gets in his ear this week that hasn't gotten his ear for the last five or six years. So yeah. we'll see. Um, and running back for the Colts, uh, Jonathan Taylor led, yeah. uh, No, I think he was third in the NFL last year in rushing yards. Um, And I was going to say first in the AFC, but Derrick Henry obviously was. Um, But last game, you know, it was a pretty close game with the Titans throughout. I mean, the Titans won by two scores, but Jonathan Taylor, only 10 10 rushes for 64 yards in that game. Did that catch you by surprise? And should we see more of him this week? A little bit, a little bit, especially considering, I mean, considering most of the things, you know, you the whole mantra of the Colts is, you know, they want to run the ball. They want to, they really want to work through their offensive line and work through their, their backfield. And they have a pretty good backfield with Taylor and Naeem Hines. But, um, you know, I figured they'd feature it a lot more than, than what they did. You know, you got Carson Wentz on two bum ankles. He can't move. You're going to have to try to take some of the pressure off of him, you know, by running the ball a little bit. And then, you know, he, he averaged, I think it was like 6.4 yards a carry against the Titans. Yeah. So, they said uh, a lot of the guys said that you know they would they would call a run play, but then they had to check to a, to a pass um, because of the looks that the defensive front was giving them. So you know I can't really blame them there. You don't really if the defense is you know lining up to stop the run, you don't necessarily want to shove it down their throat. You know get a two yard gain, but at the same time, it's supposed to be your bread and butter. You know you're supposed to be <laughs> your your offense is supposed to work through the run, or at least that's what they want to do. Um, so to see Jonathan Taylor get to get 10 carries when he was averaging over six yards per carry is it was, it was definitely surprising. So I'm kind of hoping they go back to that a little bit, just because the offense does move a little smoother when, when they're moving the ball through the run. So sure. We'll see what happens. And you know, it's a good matchup for them to do that. You bet. And at wide receiver and tight end here, you know, uh, obviously they'll be without T Y Hilton tight end, Jack Doyle 
iffy for this game. I will know a little bit more throughout the week here. Didn't mm-hmm. practice yesterday. Um, but Michael Pittman, 17 catches, 220 yards this year, second round pick last year, started to really come on at the end of last season too. But looking at the wide receiver and tight end unit as a whole um, with Pittman, Zach Pascal, and, and maybe Jack Doyle, Mo, Mo Alley Cox, what kind of personnel groupings should we see here? And what has kind of worked for the Colts so far in the first couple games? Yeah, you'll see a lot of 11 personnel. You see a lot of three wide receiver sets. Um, it'll be Pittman. Uh, Pascal and probably Paris Campbell. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's still on the IR, had a neck thing. Um, he, had, he had to get a procedure on his neck following the preseason. So he's eligible to return, but he's not, uh, he's not playing this week. Um, so you'll see a lot of 11 personnel with that group. Uh, and then they'll, they'll do some 12 personnel with, with Doyle and Mo Cox. But, um, you know, at the passing offense the last two weeks, it's run through Michael Pittman. Um, he's had 12 targets in each of the last two games. They haven't necessarily been all that, you know, efficient with those targets, but, um, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of separating himself a little bit. Um, Doyle will see his hand hand, you know, he'll, he'll see some targets, but they're not going to be anything downfield. They'll be to the flat. They'll be little spot routes, little curl routes. Um, Mo Ali Cox is a guy, he's a big guy, but they, They'll rare they they scheme him maybe once or twice a game. So the guys that the Dolphins are probably going to focus the most on, Pittman Jr., uh, Pascal in the red zone. He's the only player to catch touchdown passes from Carson Wentz this year. Um, he has all three touchdown receptions. So that's a guy you're going to have to look out for. And then Naeem Hines. Um, they basically you know he's a running back, but they use him in the slot. They use him out of the backfield. So he's going to be a guy um, that the Dolphins are definitely going to have to game plan for. And Mo Ali Cox is. Interesting story was a power forward at Virginia Commonwealth. If you, uh, for, for anyone that gets into NCAA brackets, the Virginia Commonwealth is always the team that's upsetting everybody here in the first round. Uh, I don't think he played college football. Um, no. it, yeah. And so he's somebody that, yeah, he's got a, obviously a lot of size and, and, and some athleticism here. I, I really thought he could have been, I mean, maybe not the next Antonio Gates, but somebody who, who really, progressed from one season to the next uh, by this point, but still, still a, a, a good player and a good second tight end. Yeah. I love Molly Cox. I, I mean, I've been wanting them to get him more involved, you know, since like, last year was really where he kind of took over as the tight end too. Um, and he showed flashes. I think, you know, last year against the Vikings, he had like five receptions for 111 yards. And the next week he catches 50 yards and a touchdown. It's like, this guy's massive. He's six foot eight he moves like a linebacker and he's got the biggest hands in the NFL, literally. So, wow. you know, it's, it's kind of perplexing a little bit, you know, he's not the, he's not the smoothest route runner. He's definitely got some, some stuff he needs to clean up, but when you're that big, when you're that athletic, you're that hard to bring down. Um, he's definitely a guy that I think they should be trying to get the ball to more. Certainly on the defensive side of the ball, uh, some injuries over there too. I mean, Darius Leonard is did not practice yesterday with an ankle injury. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say he plays, but yeah, he's been playing through that for the last couple of weeks. Got so it. So I, let's, you know, let's put him on there. Uh, yeah. Quiddy pays got a hamstring injury and yeah, didn't play, that, didn't play last play. week. Yeah, gotcha. So. And, and if you look at some mock drafts here from, for the dolphins, uh, they had, they, they obviously had the sixth pick and they had the 18th pick and Quiddy pay was by far the favorite for the Dolphins for that 18th pick. They took Jalen Phillips instead. Quiddy Pay went 22nd to the Colts. Uh, 
Um, how has he been since, uh, since being drafted by Indianapolis? Um, he's been okay. You know, uh, he, he's easily, I'll say this, he's easily the best uh, edge rusher they have just in terms of the combination of, you know, size, speed, athleticism, upside. Um, so, like, he, he's definitely deserving of the starting role that he had before he had the hamstring injury. He hasn't done a whole lot production-wise. Um, and I think part of that is him still kind of adjusting to the NFL. You know, he's he's gone against Dwayne Brown, and then he had to go against Andrew Whitworth and then Taylor Lewan. So it's it's been a little bit rough. You know, he's going against savvy veterans who understand how to counter his pass rush moves. So it's been a little bit slow, and the hamstring injury certainly isn't something that you want, especially from a guy that's supposed to not necessarily carry the pass rush, but be a, a very strong complementary piece because, you know, the pass rush goes through DeForest Buckner um, at the three techs. So, you know, it's it's been fine. I've been, you know, I'm I'm not necessarily calling him a bust or anything like that. You know, I think there's definitely upside. I'm, I think he definitely brings a lot of juice. It's just been, you know, he's had some tough matchups the last few weeks. Certainly, certainly. And if he doesn't play... You know, where do you expect the Colts' pass pass rush to really come from? Do you think that begins and ends as well with DeForest Buckner? Yeah, and that's the problem. Um, they don't, you know, they don't really have anybody that's really showing out outside of Buckner, and he's he's good enough to take on double teams. You know, maybe not necessarily to the Aaron Donald level, but you know, you're hoping that when Buckner sees a double team, some of the other guys can free up and get a good look, but. You know, Al-Kadima Hubbard's the other starter on the edge, but he's if he's going to excel anywhere, it's going to be against the run. He doesn't really offer much much juice in the pass rush game. Um, Tyquan Lewis is good. You know, he's shown some flashes, but I don't necessarily know if he's consistent enough. And then the Colts have these two young edge rushers. Um, they've spent second-round picks on him. Ben Banigou in 2019, Kamoko Ture in 2018. Both bendy, you know, both bursty. But they just don't get on the field. They only use them in the they call it the NASCAR package. Um, so they only use them, you know, maybe twenty percent of snaps every game. So if Quiddy Pay goes out, I expect to see a lot of Taekwon Lewis, but then you also probably see a little more Kamoko Teray and Ben Banigou. So the pass rushes, you know, they they have one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL right now. I think depending on where you look, it's gonna differ, but you know, I think Pro Football Reference has them at like a 12 percent uh, pressure percentage, which is just god awful. It's terrible. Um, I think they only have five sacks on the season. So, you know, they have the advantage because they're playing against Jacoby Brissett. But if they don't get pressure on him, they'll have all day to to pick apart the zone defense. Well, it's uh, kind of kind of the your biggest weakness against the Dolphins biggest weakness here heading into week week four, because by far the biggest Dolphins weakness is their offensive line after the first few weeks. So if there is a week for the Colts to get back on track, it's probably this one. So Mm -hmm. that'll be, that'll be the fascinating matchup to watch if the Colts can create that pressure up front against this Dolphins Dolphins offensive line that's been struggling. Um, But let's take a look too at your secondary Rocky sin is iffy for this game. I don't know if you have a feeling on him one way or another. Well, so he left in the fourth quarter. Um, against the Titans, didn't return, didn't practice Wednesday. Um, I haven't gotten any word yet on because there should they should be. It's about one thirty Eastern time, so they should be practicing pretty soon. Um, haven't gotten any word yet. Yeah, he didn't practice Wednesday, so if he doesn't practice Thursday, 
you know, he's definitely going to be in doubt. If he practice, if he logs a limited practice, he'll probably play on Friday. Um, but it, if he can't play, I mean, that's, you know, he's an up and down guy himself. He's not necessarily the most consistent player, but he's definitely shown some flashes, had a great game against the Titans. So if he has to miss, they already put TJ Carey, who's his backup on IR. They did that yesterday or two days ago when I can't remember. Um, so they're already, you know, a little thinner in the secondary. So if you sin has to, you know, if he can't suit up, it's going to be another, just another issue that they're dealing with. So Xavier, uh, Xavier Rhodes will be a one cornerback yeah. spot. Kenny Moore is yep. one of the better slot cornerbacks in the mm-hmm. league. At least that's, that's what, what I've seen. Um, so if there is no Rocky sin, obviously TJ Carey's not there a little bit thin in the secondary. Do you expect Isaiah Rogers to be that third cornerback? Probably use him a little more What the, what they might do is, uh, you know, I could see Kenny Moore playing on the outside a little bit because um, he has long arms. You know, he can play press if he needs to. Um, he can keep up with the guys downfield. So then they then they might move Isaiah Rogers to the slot. Um, but they might also they have a guy called uh, his name's Bo Pete Keys. Um, they claimed him from waivers after roster cuts. He hasn't yeah, came from the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he um, he was a healthy scratch last week. But uh, if if both. Yasin and Carrie are not going to be there, then I would expect him. He's a guy that can play on the boundary. So um, he, he might get the start. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Yeah, they, they've got some names there on the, the Colts. Mo <laughs> Alley Cox, Bo Pete Keys, Al Qaeda Muhammad. I mean, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, would a, it, taking a look at this game, you know, really a must win game for both teams as we mm-hmm. head into week four here. What is your score prediction for the Dolphins versus Colts this weekend? This is tough, man. This is, <laughs> I hate doing this because I'm so bad at it. Like I'm just awful at predicting the score. Um, so I, the reason I think the Colts, ah, I don't want to say oh, go, for, go for it. You can, you can do it. Go ahead. Well, the thing is because that offensive line is so bad. And if Carson Wentz is limited, even similarly to what he was last week, it's going to be, it's going to be brutal. Um, I'll, honestly, I'll probably go with the Dolphins win. I think it'll be close. It'll be ugly. It's not going to be a fun game to watch. But the Colts really just haven't shown why we should believe they can get a win yet. So I, necess- I wouldn't necessarily be surprised that they came out with a win. But I think the Dolphins have played better than the Colts have. I think the Colts have the advantage with Jacoby recepting the quarterback. And that might be the reason why they do you know, make me eat some crow here and they pull out a win. Um, but they just haven't really shown why they, why we should expect them to win a game. So with the injuries that they have, Quentin Nelson's going to be out. Braden Smith's probably going to be out. Um, you know, Darius Leonard's playing through an ankle injury. So unless they really dominate with the run game and really control the clock and the offensive line, then I, I still think the Dolphins are probably going to come out with a win. Um, but we'll go, we'll go probably. Like I said, it's going to be ugly. It's probably going to be like 20 to 18 or something like that. Something just nasty. I had, I had 2017 dolphins here. And, and honestly, I would with Brissett in there with the offensive line struggling, if the Colts didn't have so many injuries and given that I think their back is against the wall at 0 and three more than the dolphins is at one and two. Right. I would probably have the Colts winning this game if, if not for all the injuries, but yeah, I'm going to go injuries 20 are to big, 17 man. Dolphins. Yeah, that's the, the injuries are, they're a major factor. I know, you know, I don't really want to use it as an excuse, but when you're all pro guard and, you know, you're starting right tackle and your quarterback, they're all 
hurt, you know, it's it, it makes it tough to overcome. Right. I mean, you look at the 49ers last year. I mean, at a certain point, if you have seven guys out who are, are questionable and they're yeah. 70 or 10 best players, I mean, it takes a toll. Yeah. yeah you, you can't you can't prepare for that. I mean, yeah, it's it, yeah. So so we'll see. And that's that's going to be a big part of the story here leading up to the game. How many of these Colts players between Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, Jack Doyle, Darius Leonard, Quiddy Pay, Rocky Sin are actually going to suit up here for the Colts because other than Tua, the Dolphins are in are in really good shape health-wise. So that's going to do it here for our breakdown here with uh, Kevin Hickey from the USA Today and the Colts Wire. Uh, Kevin, um, where what else do you have going on? Where, where else can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kevin Hickey 11, uh, the Colts wire at the Colts wire. And then I also do some, uh, some fantasy football stuff for, uh, the fantasy football gurus. So you can follow them at TFF gurus on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, I never say good luck to our opponents, but <laughs> I, I, I hope you enjoy the game. Uh, I appreciate it. And that's going to do it for our breakdown of the Colts versus dolphins here with Kevin Hickey from the USA today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, the finfanatic.com website and the fan-sided network. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side.